0: Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is David Butler. David is a licensed professional counselor who specializes in anxiety, depression, and relationships. David, thank you so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me, Ms. Weiss. I appreciate you inviting me here to speak about a very important topic
0: so today our topic isn't specific to business but impacts all of us nonetheless today we're talking about surviving and thriving in isolation with the holidays here and our country still experiencing lockdowns and social distancing due to the pandemic this topic feels particularly relevant so david you've been a mental health professional for 25 years tell me how 2020 compares to previous years.
1: This year we've seen increased request and demand for mental health services uh, in all aspects of uh, mental health, particularly people trying to access therapy services. This year has promoted telehealth services, which previously were not really utilized that much, you know, mainly due to quarantining or uh, self-isolation, there's been a considerable amount of increased depression and anxiety, as well as fear about, you know, the effects of COVID-19, the fear of loss of loved ones or someone becoming ill themselves, the economic impact, you know, and how that's impacted uh, families, uh, inability to work, families being... Cooped up in the same house for extended periods of time, disruption of their daily routine or their lives in general, the ability to take part in leisure activities and sports leagues, you know, gyms, uh, the ability to go into a workplace and to, you know, be able to socialize and know your fellow employees at the water cooler.
0: So this question isn't specific to COVID, but I feel like it sets us up for how we entered 2020. And I feel like it's an interesting question. So as a society, we've been becoming more and more detached in recent years, even prior to the pandemic. You go to a restaurant and you see a table full of people engaged with their phones rather than one another. So aren't human beings social creatures? And why do you think we've been disconnecting from life and each other in the past one to two decades?
1: I don't think anyone would deny that the you know invention of the internet and it leading to social media outlets people are turning more and more to these social media apps such as Facebook or Twitter where you can have a basically a window into someone else's life 24 hours a day 7 days a week and you know back before the invention of the internet and social media, people would pick up the, the telephone and call. They were active in community organization and groups, and that's how they, they learned about the things going on in other people's lives. And now we have a constant feed of you know people's activities and, and what they're involved in.
0: So speaking of disconnecting, the pandemic has obviously taken this to a whole new level. So what advice would you offer for people who miss going into an office every day and who are now feeling isolated and alone?
1: Um, That's a really good question. I know many organizations have turned to applications like Microsoft Teams or other intra office chat rooms to stay connected, to ask business questions. I would also recommend, you know, possibility of office newsletter for employees to share personal interests and activities and things going on in their own personal lives um, as well as managers scheduling routine check-ins or having team meetings where team members can interact and uh, you know stay connected in that way
0: um, along those same lines I've also heard of people doing remote or uh, zoom happy hours which I think is a fun and uh, unique idea. So now that we're blending work and home, how can people disassociate the two and leave work behind at the end of the day?
1: With many of the clients that I've been working with, that is a really big challenge for them because previously, you know, a 30 minute or hour commute would delineate the workday from home life. And even though many people have more time now because the commute has been cut out of their daily routine, they still seem to have an obligation or a feeling like they have to produce. And it makes it difficult for them to to start their evening. With the clients that I have uh, that are sh- having difficulty in this area, you know, I recommend scheduling, you know, afternoon workouts or some type of activity at the end of their workday where it forces them to have that break. The other thing uh, is that having meetings or, or dinners immediately following work helps the clients gravitate toward family or friends and get their mind off of uh, the workday.
0: So it's it sounds like maybe um, setting up a routine where you end your day maybe spending some time with your family and maybe making dinner together, or like you said, scheduling a workout, which I've always found to be a great end of any day. Um, helps me personally to um, kind of wind down and forget about work and and just think about myself for 30 minutes to an hour a day. So feelings of loneliness can get amplified this time of year. With Thanksgiving just passed and the holidays approaching, people have been adjusting their plans to avoid family and friends rather than coming together to celebrate. So how can we stay connected with family and friends remotely?
1: I think that's one benefit of uh, technology that we have now and social media uh, is being able to learn about our family and friends, what's going on in their lives, how they're enduring uh, the pandemic, how they're coping and managing with social isolation, you know, but even the traditional writing of letters or sending cards through the mail might be a good way to connect. Zoom calls, you know, over the holidays, uh, we had a family member that had a Zoom call with several different family members from around the country and and just being able to connect during the holidays and special occasions in that way. Um, and of course, there's the possibility of uh, meeting with uh, family or friends in a outdoor space where you can socially distance and keep the space between the two of you.
0: Yeah, and, and while getting fresh air, and um, I think that's a great idea. So, of course, the pandemic causes many people a lot of fear and anxiety. How do you recommend people deal with those types of feelings?
1: Uh, one way um, to deal with the, the fears is to, to talk about them with uh, family members or friends um, just to get your feelings out there. Other possibilities include journaling, going to therapy, Limiting your exposure to news sources or social media that constantly puts a a feed out there about things that might potentially create fear and anxiety in people. Meditation, prayer, breathing exercises, doing activities that you enjoy, you know, your hobbies or crafts, arts, you know, working a puzzle, things like that at home to keep your mind busy, as well as, you know, a daily workout some type of a routine, going for a walk. You know, if you have pets at home, spending time with your pets.
0: I know this isn't always the case, but historically women have been the main caregivers for children. With many children still in virtual learning, how can women manage the stresses of both work and home?
1: I think that's a great question. Also, you know, many women are faced with the challenges of taking care of one or more children while providing an education for their children with remote learning as well as trying to, to work in between and juggling in that stress. Just taking a little bit of time each day, whether it be uh, 30 minutes in the morning or 30 minutes in the evening, carving out part of your day to take a warm bath, read a book, you know, just sit quietly and think. And I know it's not possible for, for all women, but you know, if there's a husband or a significant other in the household or family or friends that you can contact to, to maybe watch the children for an hour a week or at some point during the week so that you can take that time out for your stress...
0: I know when my own children were uh, virtual, in the virtual learning environments, I felt like not only the usual stresses of being a working mother, but also uh, trying to be the cafeteria lady, the IT help desk, and the classroom monitor. And uh, know I had a lot of stressful days during those months. So yes, I can definitely appreciate the advice of just finding a few minutes, even if it's just a few minutes every day, to reset your mind and do something good for yourself. I I think there's a lot of benefit to that. And anything that benefits a mother, benefits her children and uh, the entire family. So uh, I think it's very important to do that. And speaking of children, how are you seeing the pandemic and isolation affect children? What can we do to help our children through these unprecedented times?
1: So many children right now are are faced with, you know, real-life fears that they may never have experienced before, stress related to uh, potentially a family member or a friend or someone that's close to them becoming ill or infected or, in fact, becoming infected themselves and, and what may result. Also, um, adverse economic impacts um such as you know not being able to provide for basic needs new rules changes in their routine for those children that can go to school uh wearing a mask throughout the day and you know constantly being reminded to socially distance you know the potential st- stigma of becoming infected themselves and being exposed to the virus where they, you know, may have to isolate at home while their classmates are still in class. And then when they return, just dealing with uh, other children, possibly stigmatizing them. Increased tension uh, in relationships and at home, you know, and potentially domestic violence uh, due to household confinement, you know, or expended, spending more time with uh other children in the home, when they're normally separated during the day, uh, their exposure to intense uh, media coverage of the the pandemic or uh, you know fallout from the pandemic and how long the pandemic may last, I've seen a lot of increased anxiety, even to the point of having panic attacks in in children.
0: So what advice do you give your clients and the children you see to help them cope with, with all of these stresses?
1: So the children that I, I work with, you know, we work on different exercises and to uh, reduce anxiety, to, we talk about their fears what their concerns are, uh, help identify supports in their life to help them uh, manage the stress and give them an outlet of someone to go to, you know, on a daily basis, um, as well as helping to keep them connected with their peers to the extent possible through, you know, chat or text messaging, online gaming, and uh, other, other avenues for remaining connected to their peer group.
0: So, how can we know if someone is seriously struggling, whether it's someone in our family or or maybe a team member at work? I mean, there's people out there right now who uh, are having a really difficult time with all of this. So, how do we identify those people that are uh, in trouble?
1: You know, I think the first thing you have to do is think about the people in your life, the people you know, and, you know, who, who... Potentially, may be struggling because, you know, they live alone or they don't have a big social support network. But particularly those that are angry, maybe have increased anxiety. You know, that maybe lack coping skills. People that are depressed, hopeless. You know, if when you know of someone that's had an increase in alcohol or drug use, or is reporting thoughts of harming themselves or that they feel suicidal. They may lose interest or cut off communication with you. Those are some of the main, main warning signs, uh, people that indicate that they're having adjusted, problems, adjusting to life, um, as it is now.
0: And for those people who feel like they need help, where can they turn?
1: Well, for those that are in immediate desperate need, for example, someone that's suicidal or talking about harming themselves, obviously 911 would be uh, the best option. There is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is one eight hundred two seven three 273 talk It's a 24-hour day, seven-day week crisis line. Uh, there are applications in the App Store uh, for... Apple and also for Android, Uh, Talkspace is one, and BetterHelp, they're online applications where you can have a licensed therapist that you can talk with. It is based on a subscription. Reaching out to a therapist or some type of local nonprofit in your area, seeking therapy. Uh, Many therapists are doing online therapy or therapy via some type of app Um, to make it more accessible.
0: David, thank you so much for joining me today and helping us cope with the anxiety and depression associated with isolation.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Sure, if this doesn't impact us personally, certainly we all know someone who's struggling with it right now. So thank you for sharing your advice. I've enjoyed today's discussion and I hope our guests have as well. To all of our listeners, please tune in next week. And until then, take care of yourselves.
1: If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with personiv Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades. Partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Persona can do for you by visiting persona.com.
0: You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Persona. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out persona.com. Thanks for listening.